Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Well, uh, as we start I wanted to do a little uh, poll Which has really probably nothing to do with anything For our theme this morning But I'm just kind of curious because it's one of those snowy kind of mornings, so I'm curious who here uh, left your house with your driveway and sidewalk all cleared of snow, whether you did it yourself or have a service or something, who'd left with a clean sidewalk? Good for you. Uh, how many of you just drove over that snow and said, we'll deal with this? Like, okay, okay, that's all right. Well, good. I feel like I'm in good company, both groups. Uh, that's great. Yep. Uh, I'll be tending to mine later, too, probably. Unless, or maybe it'll warm up in a week, and that's soon enough, too. I, I can handle that. Man. Well, uh, good morning. Uh, we're talking about sticks and stones this morning, and it, it made me think of this saying that I heard when I was a kid. Maybe you heard it, too. Uh, see if you can help me complete it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What a load of bull crap, right? Uh, oh, man. I <laughs> Only a kid could be so naive as to believe that, right? Of course, words can hurt. Now, I'm not saying I want to get stones thrown at me uh, or uh, hit with sticks, but at the same time, I have said, had things said to me that I think I maybe would have rather, you know, got punched in the face because the black eye will heal after a week or two, right? But sometimes those words can leave a wound and a hurt that lasts much longer than a bruise. Uh, and so that's the harsh reality that we all know is true, is this, that words can hurt. Uh, words can hurt. I think we've all experienced that at different times in our life, in different situations. We know that's true, that words can hurt. We see it in our gospel reading, too, this reading that Vicki very well read. It was uh, very good. Uh, and uh, in that reading, we hear this story about Jesus. And it starts with Jesus going to the temple in Jerusalem. That's the big place of worship in Jerusalem, the big church. And while he's there, some Pharisees and scribes, the religious leaders, they try to set a trap for him to get him in trouble. We just heard the story, but I'll highlight a couple points of it and go into a little more depth with him. Because while he's there teaching and talking to his disciples, uh, they bring to him this woman and they say, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Now, in the laws of Moses, uh, now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? So they're setting this trap for Jesus, but I think it's worth first pausing to point out that this woman that they drag before him is a human being. They seem to lose 
track of that whole uh, situation, that whole part of that. She is a human being worthy of dignity and respect, but that's all kind of lost because they're just interested in setting a trap for Jesus. And they actually set a pretty good trap for him by bringing before him this situation. Because here's what Jesus knew about what was going on there. Here's what those scribes and Pharisees knew that maybe we don't all know, and that is that the laws of Moses really did say this, that uh, they're not wrong. The Old Testament laws say that if someone's caught in adultery, the punishment can be execution or death, the death penalty. Pretty harsh. But What Jesus would have also known, what those scribes and Pharisees also knew, was that the nation of Israel was living under Roman occupation at the time. And so the Romans' laws reigned supreme. And the Romans said that no one else, no religious leaders or anyone, could condemn someone to death. Only the Roman governors could do that, or the Roman government officials themselves. So if you think to the life of Jesus and the the passion story that we'll be reading just a few weeks on Good Friday, uh, remember Jesus goes on trial first before Pilate, the Roman governor, who says, I don't find him guilty of anything. Send him to Caiaphas, the Jewish leader, the religious leader. And the religious leader is putting him on trial, but then everyone says, we want him crucified, crucify him. And so what does Caiaphas, the religious leader, do? He says, you have to send him back to Pilate because I can't do that. I can't condemn someone to death. So he goes back to Pilate, and finally they wear Pilate down, and Pilate's the one who gives him the death sentence that, yes, he'll be crucified. That's what's going on in this story, too, where these religious leaders, they know that Jesus or they, no one can give someone the death penalty except for the Romans. So the trap is laid. Jesus is either going to have to turn away from Jewish law and tradition or he's going to be breaking Roman law and tradition. And so either way, he's kind of caught and he's in trouble. And all along, there's this woman just standing there, listening to it all, watching it all. Words can hurt. And she just had to sit there and be a pawn in their little trap. But then did you catch what Jesus does? Uh, Something kind of interesting. Uh, He just bends down and starts writing in the dirt. Anyone know what he wrote? No, no one knows what he wrote. Uh, I'd be very amazed if any of us did, because biblical scholars have puzzled over this for centuries, thinking like, well, that's a funny little detail that's included in there, and we have no idea what he was actually writing in the dirt just on the ground there. But what we do know is what, what Jesus did do is kind of take a really tense situation where they come in with these accusations against this woman asking for a, 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 you know, a death sentence just immediately like that. And what he does is pause. He takes some time and says he's writing something on the ground, whatever it is that he's writing, but what he's definitely doing is pausing for a little bit. A little bit. A little chance for everyone to catch their breath and a little chance for everyone who's there, including those scribes and Pharisees, to probably think a little bit more about what is really going on in this situation. and Is there a little more going on? Because here's what else Jesus would have known and what those scribes and Pharisees would have known, which is that law of Moses that said, uh, you know, what should be done? You know, it says that she should be stoned. Didn't just say that she should be stoned. It said that anyone caught in the act of adultery takes two to tango, as we say. And so how is it that they're bringing just this one woman in 
what happened to the other party involved in that adultery? With a little bit of time, those questions would have started swirling too because that's what the law said is actually there should be a couple of people guilty here. Why is there just one? Some biblical scholars have actually kind of hypothesized that actually maybe it was the scribes and Pharisees and one of their own that was the other party, that that was a part of the trap they set, that they got one of their own to go and seduce this woman or more likely kind of force themselves upon her only to be caught so that they could let him run off and escape and bring her before Jesus to set this trap. We don't know if that's actually what happened, but some have kind of wondered that. And it sure seems that as Jesus is bending down and writing, the tension is kind of building a little bit as people start thinking, like, what could all be going on here? There's some parts missing to this story. And then finally, Jesus stands up and has just a short answer to their question, what should we do with her? And he says, let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And just like that, he's wiggled out of the trap, right? Just like that, he's not taking the side of the Jewish law or the Roman law. He's taking the side of mercy and forgiveness and love, something totally different that calls out their hypocrisy, that calls out the fact that maybe they were a little bit in the wrong in this situation in some shape or form too. He just says, let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. A convicting teaching for those people in that room, and it can be a convicting teaching for us as well as we think about how we judge people. Ultimately, one by one, everyone in the room then leaves. Uh, Those scribes and the Pharisees, they all leave realizing that actually the trap they set for him was turned around on them, and now they're kind of stuck, so they would rather just leave and not be involved. And so finally, everyone's gone, and Jesus says, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way. From now on, do not sin again. Words can hurt, but what we learn here is that words can also heal. Jesus uses this situation where words have done some pain and caused some hurt and uses these words to heal. All of us can speak words of cruelty and judgment, can't we? (laughs) All of us are capable of speaking words of cruelty and judgment, but we're also capable of speaking words of healing, words of love and forgiveness words of reconciliation. Unfortunately, we are all capable of those words of judgment and cruelty, and too often we fall into that. But the good news is that God's word of healing and love and forgiveness is every bit as much for us as it was for the people in this story all those years ago. That God's word of healing and love and forgiveness is for us. Jesus calls us to use our words for healing, not hurt. Jesus calls us to remember that we are the embodiment of the Spirit of God, the embodiment of love and forgiveness, called to live and to put that into action. Jesus closes his teaching by saying this. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Words can hurt, but words can also heal. This world is a brighter, better place when we use our words for healing. And when we let God's words of healing, love, and forgiveness permeate our lives as well. Thanks be to God.
Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.